welcome to the Get Psyched on Life podcast series. Join me, Lusanda, and co-host David Gau as we explore mental wellness issues. Psyched is an award-winning app where we identify your unique wellness needs and match you with a suitable therapist at a very affordable rate. In today's episode, we'll be looking at what psychological health is for people out there. Furthermore, we'll look at what we can do to maintain our psychological well-being. We will also explore the impact of COVID-19 and what one can do in order to recover from the impact of COVID. Furthermore, we will look at what wellness looks like in the workplace. So let's get psyched on life. Hi folks, um, it's Lysander here, clinical psychologist from Psyched. This morning, I'm with David Gao, the well-known comedian, filmmaker and entrepreneur. Welcome, David. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And how are you? I'm great. It depends on uh, which time of the month. Month ends are <laughs> shit. <laughs> Mid-month's okay. The other side over the after the twenty first, it starts becoming very tricky and emotional. <laughs> I cannot imagine you going through any difficulty. Comedians, oh, difficulties, isn't it funny all the time? Fun, fun, fun. I always tell people, um, what well, people, some people think comedians are funny all the time, mm. and it's always the first question my wife would get. You know, if we meet people or we're out somewhere, and she's like. That guy is not funny at all when we're at home. But that's <laughs> for me because she makes me laugh. Mm. And my kids definitely, mm. you know, make me laugh. So I don't feel the need to, you know, also now be trying to be a comedian at home as well. Mm. And I've got a lot of friends generally that are just funny people. Even some of them, though they're not professional stand-up comedians, mm. the people out there are funny, you know. Mm. So I kind of use it for my own break to kind of just switch off mm. um but there is a line between you know you've got a gig you're performing for 40 minutes you're gonna go on stage at eight you get off at 8 45 and and then you go back to normal life you know you go back to potholes you go back to <laughs> three kids at home you, you know you so you drop them off at school the following morning you're stuck in traffic so it's not a 24, it's not a bar one, 24, 25 hour laugh day. <laughs> <laughs> that commission was so misleading. <laughs> it's a crazy time in general mm, mm. in the country. That's too much going on at, uh, all at once. Uh, you know, I think it was there already for me before COVID. Mm. And then COVID happened, which then everybody thinks it's okay. It's not happening just to me. It's happening all over the world. Mm. but everybody handled it differently. Then now we need to actually start worrying about how it's happening to us, you know? So how mm. it's handled in South Africa was different from Tanzania, was different from Lesotho. Mm. It's different in New Zealand, it's different in the UK, you know, it's different in the US. So now we kind of have to start localizing it. We yeah. can because the UK is closing, we must also close, or because yeah. the rest of the world is doing this, we must also you know, other worlds are opening up and the economies are, are coming back and we're nowhere. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Interesting, David, you'd say that for you, um, being the funny man is not something that you do all the time. Almost like you switch on and off. It started, yeah. So, I mean, I've been at it since 1998 professionally, mm. right? So maybe when I was growing up, there was the Magwara, Nakodi Street Corners, mm. you know? 
mm. making fun of each other. And then once it becomes professional, you you kind of package it to sell it mm. or mm. at least to present it mm. uh, in a certain way. Mm. Then you still have to package it different from the clubs to corporates, mm. right? Mm. Which totally could almost make you seem like a totally different person mm. from when you're in a comedy club and if I'm at a black song, only three, four thousand people to like a corporate with hundred people or two hundred people. Um, I've done corporates for like two tables mm. where there were like maybe 18, 20 people. Mm. And I've, you know, morning shows are different from late night gigs in the club. Mm. And, and then again, it changes again all over the world. So there is then where you have to be funny in this way, mm-hmm. in this place, mm. and then be funny this way, in this place, to these people. Mm. And then you travel, you go to Finland, and all the women in Finland in the audience look like Khaleesi from <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? Then that's your audience <laughs> on that day. Sure. So, sure. you know, you're on the plane, you don't know who you're sitting next to. Uh-huh. You're not gonna start jumping around like a clown just because you're a comedian. Yeah, you know, um, I can't help but think as you say that um, to think of the experience of um, the average Joe out there when it comes to emotional wellness, when it comes to mental illness, how sometimes people take on a role, and when they take on that role, no one can see what's going on inside. Meantime. They're suffering, but because there's an act that they must put on. Yeah. You see this face, this laughing face. Meanwhile, it's sorrow inside. It's dark. So I met my dad first time when I was 18 years old. Mm. And I think two, three years later, he passed passed away. I think a few Mm. years later. So... Mm. So I, before I did Black Song, the comedy show, I used to do a show called Comedy Blackout for about four years, which mm-hmm. would run for two weeks in a theater. Mm, right? mm. So when my dad passed, I woke up in Joburg, 4 a.m. It was a 7 a.m. funeral at home in Kronstadt. Okay. And then, so drive to Kronstadt, maybe quarter to seven. I was at the funeral. Around 11 a.m., mm. I found out I had a, or I have an older sister, mm. right, who's been to jail for fraud. Mm. And my mom is a prison warder. So my mom knew her. And she mm. has a child which was born in, uh, remember this is the same day that um, I woke up at four in Joburg, drive to my dad's funeral. 11 a.m. I find out I actually have an older sister. Mm. Then I have one, these are from my dad's side, obviously. Mm. Then I have one who's a year younger than me, also mm-hmm. has a child. So now I'm an uncle. It's, it's now five past 11. <laughs> now I also find out <laughs> I'm an uncle as well. And uh, I, I used to think I was the oldest, but I, I, was, I was the only boy on, on my dad's side. You know, it's got other other girls. And then I drove back to Joburg, and then I had a 6 p.m. show and a 9 p.m. show. Hmm. All in one day. Yeah. Having learned... All of this, yeah. relatives, you know, you're an, you're an uncle, yeah. you're a brother. <laughs> Later on, what do you do? You make us yeah. laugh. I mean, my dad obviously was never married to my mom, but mm. um, that was my day. Which mm. was also, uh, uh, I'll tell you a bit of a uh, something that still messes with my mind a little bit. 
So before my dad passed, he was in hospital. He had a stroke. Mm. Uh, he was in Kronstadt, and I was driving to Grahamstown with uh, two friends of mine. So I stopped in Kronstadt, went to see him, and um, I I went to his ward, and they're like family only, and he's like. You know, I'm like this is my dad. Mm. So he took a piece of paper and gave it a, 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 and a pencil mm. and wrote me something mm. and gave it to me. Mm. But because he had a stroke, all there was on the paper was, mm. and mm. <laughs> even today, I have no idea <laughs> what my dad was trying to say. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't know. Obviously, he would. Um, pass on after that but so all in that then i get to gramstown and then i must perform i must do a show drive nine eleven hours mm. to gramstown so in a way i guess maybe much better than other people can mm. handle it mm. i can go you know on off on off maybe a bit of training graduated from UCT drama school mm. so Maybe a little bit of uh, training in my case helps with I'm going out. I'm gonna see people. Mm. Let me go back home. Let me switch off. Mm. I I don't know how other people survive. You know how you go to shop right checkers. Maybe that's why we have such horrible service in the country. Mm. Mm. Road rage and because we don't. Other people are unable to mask their problems whether mm. it's psychological or emotional or mm. depression or it's month end and you're having your own issues and you know mm. you know david i think the first part is how as people out there we don't have the language the vocabulary to even name what we feel because from back then since time immemorial what what have we been taught to do? Survive. Yeah. It has always been about survival. And so whatever the impact is, emotional, psychological, for some people that is just a new concept. It's just a new way. Some would say it's a new way of making money. And so people can't relate. That is why one would go through an emotionally impactful experience and they go about their daily life as if nothing is going on. But with that being said, what we are now seeing is the fact that the impact is greater than what we think or what we would have thought back then, yeah. which is why our discussion of today is about minding your psychological health. Yesterday, what it was, what it is today, what it is tomorrow, and how we, because of the fact that we've now got this much insight as to what it is that goes on inside, yeah. how can we change the narrative? What can we do differently to teach people out there for them to know when they're going through such things, such things that are emotionally heavy for them? And that is why, as you rightfully say, what do we see in road rage? It is just as a mere mistake and someone gets so upset to a point that you're actually stunned mm. to immobility. You don't even know what to say. Yeah. Meantime, perhaps the person is going through a lot. They've left their house. Stuff happened at home. There was a fight with the wife. All the kids need more money for school and, and, and. Or they're just on WhatsApp. 
while they're driving. Oh yes, that's another thing. <laughs> but okay. But David, let me tell you, even that as callous as that is, but again, yeah. it communicates a lot it about a person. Why you would do that? Exactly. Being on the phone at a traffic light, it's not safe. You know, you need to be alert to your surroundings. Yes. But you know, just that five seconds of losing concentration on on driving on yeah. you know you got kids in the car now you're on the phone you know, traffic light opens and other people start hooting and uh. you know by the time you take off the road is turning red the people still want to go through then mm. next thing you know there's an accident yeah true that's so, that's that's true but we're gonna try and get psyched on life Right. That's the idea. Um, we're gonna have some guests join us uh, through this journey. Um, we've we've thrown our, uh, a few names around. Mm. Some people because we read some stuff about them publicly. Mm. Some is public knowledge. Some is not. Sure. Some people are just people I know personally, and the journeys they've gone through, and they've been willing to talk about their journey, mm. you know, mm. including being depressed and how they kind of got out of it, uh, or how they're just working through it you know every day really because mm. it's also a bit of a, a journey you know it's like living life mm. so so there's some favorite guys out there that uh, i would love us to talk to one of my favorites melusi chabalala who's an author mm-hmm. um and uh, he started uh, this thing on facebook called everyday zulu mm. where he started taking a zulu phrase every day and translating it and telling people what it means mm came uh, you know caught on a lot of followers and now he's written a book called my gang let's talk which mm. is uh, again about men and and obviously in his experience probably especially mm. the fact that black men never talk or talk about their issues or problems um so definitely someone i'm i'm looking forward to to us having a chat with mm. um and then you know we'll, we'll talk to a few celebrities We'll talk to some scholars or some uh, business people, entrepreneurs. You know, everybody has their own issues, mm. um, and then we just see how they're they're living through it. Yeah. Especially the guys that are kind of living a certain life in public, or it to us it looks like they're mm. having fantastic lives and experiences mm. purely from social media and yeah. what it can do. Mm. And then behind the scenes, when they switch off their their phones and their instagrams and and kind of have to live their real lives mm. you know i think some people silently are suffering or are not in a good space or need help mm. and it's hard to say i need help that's a thing um especially if you've had a certain life or persona or people perceive you a certain way mm. um so i think that's what we're going to get psyched on Yeah, looking definitely looking forward to that. But you are the expert, so <laughs> you tell me what is psychological health? Definitely. You know, the reason why we go through so much to actually get to understand what is the psychological health. You know, it's such a big word and out there all what we know is that uh, if it's psychological health, it means there is no pathology. What is pathology? It is when you're not okay. Now, when we talk of psychological health, one thing that is very important for everyone to always remember is that what health is for you psychologically is definitely not the same for me because it's relative. It depends who you are, 
what is normal for you in your context as opposed to me. So if whatever it is that you are going through is not particularly aligned to your own context, whatever that looks like for you, if whatever you're going through um, immobilizes you from being able to deal with your life stresses, your life problems, if whatever it is that you're going through does not allow you to have your full emotional at its um, optimum function, then there we say we have a problem. Then there we say your psychological health or your emotional health is compromised. It's critical but stable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know when you are just not deriving any satisfaction whatsoever. Yeah, I think you could make an example of a car, you know, there's cars that you can start it, you can get in it and try and get from A to B, but it's not going to be as smooth as a new car or mm. a car that's just been serviced. Mm, mm. So I think people need to apply. People take care of cars and clothes and houses and shit, but they don't take care of themselves the same way. True. Over True. and over and over, you know. Yeah. Almost everybody, actually. So from just taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if if my I play golf every Sunday, uh, I didn't play this past Sunday because it was my birthday, and I thought let me stay home with my wife and kids. And but I would leave six a.m. Sometimes five, seven. I'm late. It's gonna be a long hot day if mm. I'm still at home at seven in the morning. After that, we go out for drinks, come back for dinner. And uh, or come back very late, or come back before lockdown, or curfew, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then my kids would go to church with their niece. Mm. So then my wife is very happy to just be by herself, mm. you know. Or sometimes I'd come home and she'd say, "You are early. Why are you home so early?" Mm. <laughs> so, but it's it's the small things that if she's if she wants to be alone and she's got two three hours on a Sunday, mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. I can be home in my house and my wife is watching TV, watching whatever South Korean latest, whatever, with its subtitles that she wants to watch. And I can go watch something else so I can be on my phone. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have to be here because now I'm home or she wants me here, mm. you know. And it works. I think that's why we're still together like 15 years later because... Mm. When she sees me, she doesn't see, come here, come sit here. Why are you not here or where are you? Mm-hmm. you know, so, but I think it's part of her saying, today I'm going to watch um, whatever the latest South Korean thing it is. That I, I made a mistake of, we watched one which was my idea. Mm-hmm. And since then, I don't know how many shows. And epi- one episode is like 90 minutes, huh? Mm. of these shows. Mm. And now that's all you get recommended to watch. But I know what it does for her. Yeah. Right? She understands what golf does for me. Mm. So I think everybody must sit and break themselves down Mm. and say, actually, you know what? I want to have a bath once a week. I want (laughs) to shower six days a week or however often. But I'm going to have a bath. It's yeah. what I want to do. You know, I want to go for walks in the morning or I want to 
go for a walk every two days or I'm going to do boxing in the morning because mm-hmm. that's what gets me going when I wake up, you know, going to gym and I'm going to visit an orphanage or go do charity work mm-hmm. once a month. So, But people have to know what is it that gets you into a better state so that you can live life and, and continue doing what you think you do best. Yeah, you know, earlier on, David, you spoke of how people take care of their cars. They take their cars in for a service, maintenance. Car wash. Car wash. Now, let me tell you, what you're talking about right there is yourself going for golf. That's your maintenance. Mm. For your wife, that's her maintenance. Mm. Car wash here and there. Going out with your friends for dinner or drinks, whatever, you know. Yes, it doesn't have um, to be complex. No, it's it's not. I mean, yes, we've got problems, but I think we always look to bigger and more difficult solutions. Mm. Um, you know, if you talk of corruption in South Africa or anywhere in the world for that matter, because mm. it's everywhere, everybody looks at, let's say, the Guptas and Zuma and the billions that you know supposed to have gone missing but you can't go through a traffic light or i mean without a ro- uh, through a roadblock mm. or without either asking uh, uh, paying a bribe or asking being asked for one mm. whether it's 20 rand or 50 rand mm. people think this is the big problem and mm. the big solution mm. but you know if your child is stealing sugar and mm. crayons in mm. the classroom mm. that's just prep for something bigger that's it yeah so again, it's about what is that small thing that you can do for yourself to kind of get yourself in a, in a good space. It's uh, not about I want to live in a big house and I want a big car and I don't have them. And, mm. you know, I want this much money and I want this job. Mm. If there's something you can do, that kind of gets you closer to where you want to be. Mm. You know, break it down. Yeah, to whatever is the ideal for you. You know, if it is that, by all means. If it means your child stealing sugar in the kitchen, just because it's something that we almost all grew up yeah. doing, but nevertheless, yeah. some of us got it here and there to deal with that issue. But it starts there, you know, yeah. where we are taught, where we teach that the little things matter. If it's the wrong ones, what can we do to manage them? How do you speak to your child when he or she steals that sweet from the cupboard? How do you address your child who comes back home with a pencil from another child? What what messages are you passing across to your child? So it's the little things that we do, whether we are learning, whether we are correcting, whether we are doing stuff to maintain our wellness. Either way, it is the very small things. It is the guy at the corner of the street just standing there by the blomas. That in itself, for some of us, it might be, uh, that's a thug right there. But for him, that's his debriefing. That's his checking out. That is his relaxing time. So the idea more than anything else is for us to look within ourselves because we have not been taught, David, to look within ourselves. What do I have inside of me that I can use for the betterment of my emotional wellness? Because if I don't, I'm going to get to work I'm going to come home 
I'll be frustrated. I'll be that parent who gets home and starts shouting at the kids. Yeah. I'll be that boss who gets to the office and I'm on everyone's case because I don't have an outlet. Yeah. Now, outlets do exist even within us. We can find it just as long as we learn to just be intentional and just a little bit more tuned into what is happening inside. What are my yeah. needs? You know how we say sometimes I'm tired and yet we go forward yeah. and we pride ourselves. I'm a hustler. I'm doing it all. At whose expense though? Are you happy at the end? What is it called on grinding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it's called on social media. Yes. You grind. Grinding. Yeah. Yes. And then you get these memes uh, where um, we are told whilst others are sleeping, some of us are hustling. Some of us need to rest. <laughs> it's for our own good. So let us rest. I mean, if for you, <laughs> grinding is at 3 a.m., by all means, do that. That's for you. But the fact that I, as Lusanda, decided to sleep does not really make me a weakling, nor does it make me a failure. Yeah. So ultimately, it is our own unique experiences. And what I'm trying to drive across here, David, and you'll help me in this regard, it is how we look out there to what other people are doing and we make that the... The barometer of success yes, for everyone. Yes, For you being a comedian, yeah. what is your take in that regard? Well, so I think my career has been quite interesting because I was almost the first or in a way, in most cases, I was the person who was trying to do this or trying to do a show or trying to produce... TV show, so I kind of, from the beginning, if I was doing a show, I was producing it. If I had a TV show, I was creating it. You know, Pure Manat Show with Kahi Solidiha or Black Song League. So I got to a point where I was setting my own standard or my own limit mm. in a way. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter to me if someone comes and does this because... Mm. Now this is what I do. This is what I can control. Mm. And equally, if I decide I'm not going to tell any jokes for a year because I want to work with sight, mm. I'm going to do that. Mm. If I decide, ah, you know what, I'm going to tweet and do a show tomorrow night, I'll do that. And and the, obviously the other factors would be this probably won't make me money because I just woke up today and said, tomorrow I'm doing a show. Mm. So it might not be big enough. There might not be lot of people mm. I've done shows with 10 I've done the dome with almost 10,000 people mm. it doesn't mean anything to me if there's 20 or 30 people in a room mm. I've got nothing to prove to anyone okay. right but that's my standard that I've set mm. but then other people would then compare you or themselves to Kevin Hart has done a stadium or you know another comedian is doing this venue so I think that's where in my case at least I think I've been lucky to always, in a way, people were looking at me thinking they have to be like this mm. or they also need to do this type of show or they also need to perform in that venue. Mm. You know? Which I don't have a problem with it, but you can't make that your your sort of failure or success mm. um, sort of a deciding factor. Mm. If I haven't reached here because the other person has, then it means I haven't done enough. You know, for me, my family is my barometer of success. Okay. So, David, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like you're saying 
Just get psyched on yourself more than anything else. I think that's what I'm hearing get here. Get psyched on psyched. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But I mean, it, it starts with ourselves, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, I've met so many people in, mm. in life, you know, it's from performing, doing shows, talking to people. And people are happy. A lot mm. of people are happy where they are. Mm. So it's also the thing of when you're trying to talk to people or motivate people, mm. like you're saying, the, I'm grinding or you can have this, you can have that, but nobody asks for that, you know? Mm. And and I, ironically, I guess it's when, you know, a lot, I think it's bullshit when people with money say, um, money doesn't buy you happiness. <laughs> <laughs> and people who don't have money are like, <laughs> never. <laughs> You're talking nonsense, <laughs> you know. You know, so, you know, the joke is also, I'd rather cry in a, maybe it's a meme or something, I'd rather cry in a Ferrari than <laughs> cry in a taxi or whatever the, 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 yeah. the saying is. Yeah. So, but it is like that, mm. you know. If I, I tell, the only thing I tell people is, and especially performers or people in entertainment, if you can get to a point where you can so, say no mm. to money, mm. even if it means you are losing money or you need the money, mm. but... If you can say no to this particular thing because you don't want to do it or you don't think it's the right thing for you to do, mm. you're you are like almost halfway there, yeah. right? So then if you know every Sunday you want to play golf or every Saturday you want to take your kids out mm. and go out for pizza or go out for lunch, mm. then it doesn't matter how much money you guys offer me. Mm. I'm going to tell you Saturdays I'm not going to record Mm. profile you know when i was managing skumba he was doing radio friday he's touring during the weekend mm. he would tell you monday i don't work mm. you know you can either find him from tuesday or then find someone else to do whatever it is that you really have to do on monday mm. not everybody can afford to do it or is in a position to do it mm. but it is a start to kind of know that you know what for me this is my, um, you know, this is my line. You know, there's guys that if they're looking for women or trying to hang out with women, mm. um, you know, the joke is uh, you'd meet a woman and she's drinking a particular cider and then you offer her a drink and she wants champagne, mm. right? And then guys would say, whatever you're having, ladies, I would get you the next round. So if you're able to pay for whatever it is that you say you drink, mm. I have no problem. Mm. paying for it for you not that you doing this for yourself and then i must do this but my point is those guys mm. have got to a point where mm. they're like you know what i like you a lot but mm. maybe i'm not at your level so i'll go back to where i think i fit in or i belong mm. so everybody knows what gets them going what gives them satisfaction mm. and what is their no i'm not gonna do that you know, then you don't have to deal with, you've already taken the money for this. You don't really like it. Now you're on my film set and I've got to deal with your shit because your agent is making you do this and everyone is telling you, you know, and you know that you don't want to be there. Mm. You know, David, what you're referring to, let me just give it a word. And I know you know this word, it's boundaries <laughs> across different contexts. You know, yeah. you've given different examples here 
of people yes, you are educated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you have? MB, MBC, what? The, the, the thing here, David, and it's very important for any and all of us, regardless yeah. of where you are, whether you have the luxury of saying, I'm not doing a gig on a Monday or I'm going out with my family, ultimately, you have a choice in certain things. Let me just give you a simple one of the average person who has to work Monday to Friday because they need to. Yeah. They need the money. It is for survival. And that's yeah. their reality. What can that person do for themselves? What they can choose to do is, yes, go to work because you must. In the afternoons, that is your time that you own. So rather than standing in the street with the neighbor, someone who wants to tell you a hundred stories, meanwhile, you're tired. You've just gotten off the bus. Yeah. You have a choice to say, hey, neighbor, how's it going? How's it going, mate? Get get inside the house and leave it at that. Yeah. Take your rest time. Because if you are going to be pleasing neighbor, because neighbor wants to catch you up on all the things that have been happening down the street, what happens? You're frustrated. By the time you get inside the house, you're grumpy. Yeah. You're tired. And your entire evening routine is messed up and it will have an impact on the family by the time you get to bed, you're grumpy. What do you do in the morning? Wake up and yeah. you have this, I feel heavy. You know how we like using that word? But what is heavy? Because you don't want to take responsibility for the fact that you, you could did have not. Yeah. You could have could made have a choice. Changed, yeah. So what I'm saying is we all in our own little corners can set boundaries for ourselves. Because when we don't set boundaries for ourselves, it breeds resentment. And we so, don't know who we're upset at. Yeah. I don't want us to sound like, I don't know if that's what we're sounding like. Are mm -hmm. we saying depression and not being mentally well mm -hmm. is self-inflicted or we cause it to ourselves or we do it to ourselves? Okay. No, we are not saying that we cause it to okay. ourselves, but what we are saying, remember. We contribute. Yes, yeah, sometimes ah, we. See, that's my word that I came yeah, up with. Big words. At my diploma level. <laughs> We contribute. <laughs> yes. You know, um, when it comes to mental illness, David, what we need to understand is that mm -hmm. there's different causes. For some, it might be because it's genetic. You know how earlier on we were talking about a chemical imbalance? Yeah. Yes, that can be there. Yeah. You are predisposed. Where someone previously mm -hmm. in your bloodline or family mm -hmm. had mental illness or, you know, instability. Mm which then the child or the next person down the line has a bit of that chemical predisposition. predisposition. Yes, and that is right. why then the importance of self-care comes in. Yeah. Taking care of your emotional health because you know, as you rightfully say, it is already there in the bloodline. Yeah. So you have a responsibility to yourself now and the future generation to start yeah. saying, let me manage myself so that when the chemical imbalance kicks in, but I've got effective ways of managing myself, managing my family, yeah. managing how I respond to the environment. And that is another thing that happens where sometimes we develop certain mental illnesses as a result of how we respond to what happens out there. So it's relatively important that you always have this intentional way of taking care of your emotional health. It is the small things that you do and it is also the small things that you don't do yeah. which may predispose you tomorrow, which ultimately will manifest out there to the people that you live with as a 
Oh, David is so grumpy. Meanwhile, grumpy is just a term that we use. Maybe, maybe David is depressed. And that brings me to now, let's speak to the COVID time now. Okay. How we struggled during COVID. Yeah. Because we had to have a lot of adjustments to our lives, our daily routines. We experienced a lot of loss, yeah. is what I always say. I don't know, what is your take on the losses that we experienced during COVID? So, um, I think what, what, what made COVID bearable in the beginning, or at least the lockdowns, because mm. essentially that's really what we're dealing with. Mm. Right? COVID is there today, it was there a year ago, mm. but the effects or what changed everything was the lockdowns mm. that came with it. Mm. The curfews and stay home, you can't stay home, exercise outside your house, or now you can go in the street. You can't go to the beach, but you can you know, walk in the estate. I mean, how many people live in the states? You mm. know what I mean? So I think because there was no time to it, that made everyone think this could be a month, mm. this could be three weeks, this could be two months. Mm. So it was like a holiday for a lot of people, I have to mm -hmm. say. It was, uh, I mean, for me, again, my kids and I literally had our own TV show or put whatever show on Instagram, on, on Twitter. Uh, a few of us comedians, we got some little bit of money from Gauteng Arts and Culture to just make some one-minute videos every day for the first 21 days mm. of lockdown. Then there was the two-week extension, mm. right? Then there was another two weeks. So for me, work-wise, money gone. Now there's clearly no direction of when this is going to stop. Then my freaking, what am I going to do? Mm. Or how am I going to get out of this? You know, The one month was kind of okay. The two months now is like shit. But in a way, in advance, I had already lost money. So when lockdown started, I was going to do my first Jobek show, Black Song Lee, three, 4,000 people on the 4th of April. Mm. And the lockdown happened three weeks before that. Mm. Right. And then November 2019, I performed in New York at Charlize Theron's uh, charity thing. Mm. I got an agent in New York. My plan was after the show in April, I'd travel back and forth in between. So I had plans, mm. you know. Then you start realizing that's out the window, mm. right? And obviously time as well. Um, so then we start going into companies are closing. The people that we're getting paid during are no longer, are now getting paid 50%. Now it's 25%. You know. Now it's a proper, nobody has an idea now. You know, that country does this, this country does that, South Africa is doing this. And then this, then you add the story of money that's supposed to come and help situations. Mm. And then we find ourselves where we are in South Africa with all these amounts of money that supposedly have gone missing or mm. unaccounted for, or, you know, or been looted. What do you do? What do you say? You're literally now just trying to survive, you know. And then for me, then the turnaround became, when I say to you, I'm a comedian, entrepreneur, I'm a filmmaker, you know, 
any day, anywhere in the world, you can put me in front of people. I'll make them laugh. Okay? And es- especially if they understand English, <laughs> if it's outside <laughs> South Africa. Um, mm. South Africa speak a few languages. Mm. So as long as it's an English-speaking mm. place or country, mm. anytime, you can wake me up in the middle of the night, I'll make people laugh. Mm. And um, so I know how to do that. Mm. Taught myself how to make movies, never went to a film school, have a fantastic filmmaker friends that surround me, you know, uh, produced a few films over the time, the past maybe 10 years or so. Then along the way, had a modeling agency. I started this, managed other comedians, was producing shows, you know, trying to get into other businesses here and there in other industries. So then when this time seemed like we are not getting back on stage anytime soon, then I went, what I used to do, 90%. On ninety-five percent, I'm gonna start doing five to ten percent. Ninety percent of the time now, I'm gonna go. Okay, I know I can do this very well. Who can I do it for? Mm. Because life has to go on. One, the only difference really was anything that involved people gathering large numbers. Yada yada yada. That sort of out, you know. Film, then you do all the COVID conditions and then you start filming and then someone catches COVID, then you're shut down for like two weeks. So now you must run two crews and and and, and with South African budgets. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, it wasn't the most practical thing. But again, I decided this is what I'm gonna do. You know, which is how then I even met Wandile and now we ended up now doing this with psyched as one of mm-hmm. you know this people these things that I decided this is how I'm going to spend my time. Mm. And I think this is a fantastic opportunity, especially now, mm. right? Which for me then goes back to, I could have sat in whatever seemed like a very depressing moment or mm. time, or I'm going to get depressed, or artists are complaining and crying. We applied for this and that grant. You don't even get an SMS saying, we've got your application. Mm. Okay, so... I had a choice to kind of sit in there and join the kumbaya and cry and but I've never been that type of a person you know mm. I've done shows like 99% of my shows have never been sponsored mm. whether government or corporate mm. you know my entire 2021 year old career mm. so I was never going to wait mm. I was always the one who's going to employ other people I've always been the one employing everyone else so I then made the choice that I'm going to have to get out of this shit. Mm. What's the best that can come out of this situation? Mm. Because it doesn't matter what happens in the world. Mm. There'll always be how to either turn it around mm-hmm. or how is it these other people are surviving. You know, you obviously your telecoms business is boomed, you know. Um, we have an electricity problem. Mm. There's a gap there. Mm. transport, food, clothing. People are going to have to eat. People are still going to need water. And, and, and. So there are things that are going to go on, whether you and I are mm. performing on stage or we can meet people live or we have to do it on site, on video. Yeah. Life is going to go on. We lost a lot of lives. Mm. Um, a lot of people died. Mm. But 
someone still had to bury them. You know, there still had to be funeral services mm. conducted or funeral uh, services providers mm. that have to you know, bury all these people. Yeah. So I think another thing that South Africans, maybe Africans uh, largely, is they are afraid to profit or to be seen as profiting from something that's supposed to be terrible. And I don't want to make it a black and white thing, but I also don't want to speak for you know, other people. Mm. But I think South Africa and and just black people and the Ubuntu and if you are, you know, we all know somebody passes, everybody's coming, donating, helping around, yada, yada, yada. Not necessarily hoping to get something in return. Mm. You know, it's just what they can give. But at the same time, there are people that, if you call them, you're going to get a quotation and a price that, mm. yes, I can do the same mm. thing these people do, mm. but this is my price. Interesting. And, and we don't, we still don't get it. Mm. So you've got, you've got people that actually have gifts and talents. And, mm. uh, and, and I'll make a silly example again, traditional healers or so-called sangomas, mm. right? Um, you know, I've, I've joked about it. I'm sure I've got some routine somewhere. You know, when you're growing up, you go to a Sangoma, it might cost like 30 rands or something to consult. Mm. You know, maybe now it's like 400 or 500, almost like going to see um, a, a, a psychologist. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess the difference you guys can take the transfer with the Sangoma, you have to put the money on the floor <laughs> to light <laughs> or to. <laughs> so you need to, you need to light the room for the ancestors mm. but but my point is it doesn't matter how much those people sacrifice and how much they do for you most of them would refuse to take certain amounts of money or mm. payments mm -hmm. or would always limit everyone to but you know it's my calling to help and i can't take that or i, c I can only take this but they're actually not surviving they are not meeting their basic uh, requirements to just live and survive and have a normal life to continue helping you. Yeah, you know what you're saying, David, um, makes me think of the experience again of the average Joe out there. COVID. Yeah. What happened? There were plans. You had plans. COVID happened. Plans changed. Exactly. What happened? Loss came. Loss in what way? Loss in the sense that you had shows coming up, they had to be cancelled. Out there, as you said, 50% 50 50 salaries. Then 25%. And then zero. Then companies yes. close. Exactly. Then UIF money goes missing or stolen. Exactly. Again, loss. Losing freedom. Losing independence, you know, some might say, ah, but for, for those who are in the elite group, there was no loss. The fact that you must be now working from home, being compromised from your normal routine, your normal way of doing things, that in itself is loss of your independence. For the person right there in Kakamas was another loss. So loss was, was experienced all over. And one thing that we know about loss is that when we lose, regardless of what we lose, David, we need to grieve. Because when we grieve, we get to that point that you mentioned in the different examples you've spoken to, and that is to adjust. 
Because when we don't grieve, where we don't acknowledge what has happened, where we don't accept what has happened, when we don't process it, then we struggle to adjust and change our way of doing and move on and find innovative ways of doing things. And this, David, you see across different contexts. You see it even in the workplace. In the workplace, what happens? Emotional wellness, very important. But again, once a year, (laughs) (laughs) wellness day. Then I send a quote, then it's very awkward. (laughs) (laughs) But it's an important one, (laughs) though. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's, uh, like I was saying, you know, maybe I can switch on and off, right? Mm. But it's interesting that companies believe they could have a getaway or a company get together and play games once a year and they've done the work. Mm. It's it's interesting that people thought, oh, we've had the thing, Rashab, you know, the year can continue, everybody must go to work. Mm. But the thing is, in the workplace, you've got human beings with human issues who have got human relationships that are very dynamic, that have got different facets to them, And that is why for us as psyched, it is important for us to be even speaking about your wellness in the workplace is important. Um, It is something though, as you say, with those companies that you've had um, contact with where it happens once a year. Now that's the thing, you can't switch off for the rest of the year. Mm. It's something that we encourage workplaces to incorporate into their culture into their daily culture of understanding that behind the productivity is human beings. Behind the productivity is human beings who have got human dynamics. And what are we saying? We are saying, as a boss, why don't you have those check-ins with your staff where you get to have an understanding of what is happening, where beyond the numbers, beyond the departments, is human faces with names, human faces who've got dynamics where you offer an environment that would enable the workers in the workplace to be motivated. Because when we get to work, what do we do? We're grumpy. Boss is coming in. We're grumpy. I'll make you a silly example of what I told a friend of mine who owns a trucking business. Okay. So a typical truck and horse that you see on the street, the, the flatbed ones, they're called super links or the long mm. ones. So mm. you've got the head, could be two million rand mm. or more to get a, a new head. Could be 3.8 for a brand new one. A second hand would probably cost you almost a million. Then you maybe rent the trailer, maybe transporting coal or whatever. You know, that's another about 750, maybe second hand or a couple of hundred Ks or a million. Mm-hmm. So... I say to this, this friend of mine, your driver that you pay, whatever, 20, 30, I don't know how much drivers, truck drivers get a month. Mm. You give them a 4 million rand truck, but you actually have no idea, how's this guy doing, actually? Mm. And, and, you know, and credit to him, you know, he even said he met... There was one driver who passed on 
and he went to see the wife and the wife said get out of my house mm. you've never bothered to check who we are how are we doing and now mm. you want to come here because you know my husband is dead now mm. like what's the point mm. you know but the, the 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 just the idea that you think you can every day this person wakes up mm. and takes your 4 million 5 million rand and takes care of it or is supposed mm. to mm. right and he's been paid whatever salary fair enough you know mm-hmm. will agree or not agree how do you think they give a shit about this 4 5 million rand truck of yours mm. you know when you've never said to the guy mm. actually how are you like you know how many kids do you have are you okay mm. what do you do after work do you travel is your wife far do you see them every day and but this is then one of the things that i was saying when i say when i'm not doing stand up comedy you know i would sit with that type of person or business and say to them this is what you're going to have to do mm. go back to work monday mm. put up a, a little roster 15 minute thingy uh, and say to your drivers guys i'm available on this day between these times anybody wants to come and talk to me come and talk to me put your name here and that's it yeah yeah you literally just asking people how are you what you're saying is as a boss create an enabling environment where each and every person in your employ knows and feels that they are valued yeah and no we are not asking that we must now become best friends yeah. but what we are saying is we need to acknowledge the people who are driving the productivity for us as bosses yeah. you are saying that person has a face with a story and yours is to make them feel valued because when you have a satisfied employee believe you me it will impact your productivity yeah. it's likely to go up right now there's been so many changes as we were speaking about covid do you as a boss understand what your employees going through at this yeah. time yes you've given them the necessary equipment and resources to do their work but do you know how covid has impacted them yeah how about you periodically have your check-in sessions with them get an understanding what what is happening how are you experiencing this how can i make things better for you as an employee because like I, like i said a motivated employee will drive that productivity that for million truck that you speak of that family when you come and you know send your condolences they will value you because you are valuable even when their loved one was still alive mm-hmm. so what are we saying essentially as sight we're saying be present just as much as we say in a, in your own personal life be present we are saying even in the workplace it is very important that you are present in order to get the desired results yeah if you do not put in the work you will not get the results or if you do get the results they'll be compromised how often do we hear uh, people in the workplace complaining about how my staff compromise me my staff waste 
they couldn't be bothered because yeah. you are not speaking to them. It's um, it's relationships. So, obviously, this is our first episode, mm. or first podcast of mm. uh, getting psyched on life, and um, we're gonna have lots of chats. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna break down this mental health, mental wellness thing, wellness and healing, and mm. and just see how we can live and how psyched can you know get people there. Definitely. And. Um, but I think it it honestly boils down to being able to talk and open up to someone, mm. um, and um, and then just keeping the technology and the changes as well in mind. You know, when again when COVID happened, people thought they obviously Zoom became from a three hundred million dollar product mm. to like two twenty one billion rand mm. in two months. Mm. You know. And uh, everything was on Zoom. Mm. Everybody was on Zoom. Mm. And people then started thinking, actually, maybe we can get a comedian to perform online or on Zoom, right? Mm. I probably lost a, a quite, quite a bit of money mm. because if you call and say to me, can we book you for a gig? Uh, can you do that? And I'm like, First of all, I don't even know if your people on Zoom are in the toilet or they're dropping off their kids <laughs> or are even listening to me, right? Mm. You've got an agent or someone who's calling because this company said, can you get us a comedian? Mm. Can you do a thing online? That, uh, my answer, if it's a yes or no question, it's a no because things have changed. Mm. What I can do is I can ask you how many people how many employees what where does this one live how's this one feel? has anyone lost someone to COVID? are they homeschooling their kids themselves then i will come back and say this is what i'm gonna do for the next 40 minutes or an hour mm. and i'm gonna go through this mm. because this is what people are going through currently mm. so then if we got to that part i would then you know engage with your employees um you know so i've done a few you come to a place maybe there's 10 20 people mm. executives 100 employees at home mm. i can see them they can see me mm. okay guys if you want to switch off your camera now it's fine but there's at least been hi hello we see this person is still alive mm. and they are okay having a drink you know or they're mm. with the partner at home sitting on the couch and they are watching this yeah, and what would have been their twentieth year company anniversary, mm. or their exco meeting, that you know that they are in. So, people again, I think corporates especially. I don't think they adjusted because it, it was almost like a joke to some extent. Because now I've played golf for two to four hours with people that are in a meeting mm. or working, mm. but literally, you know. Everybody knows now you have coffee and lunch and you just mute yourself, your camera's off and you switch the laptop on. Life goes on. Someone is paying for that. Yeah. For someone's yeah. resources. Yeah. You know? So I think then there's a, th a small things that people have overlooked, both the employer and the employees. Mm. You know? So there has to be, we all have to get ourselves out of this thing. Uh I know certainly government is not going to get us out. 
and I'm not just speaking about South African government, just mm-hmm. in general, my thing has always been, I need to get myself out of here. If someone's going to find me along mm-hmm. the way, fantastic. Mm-hmm. That'll be great. But I'm also not going to wait. I'm not going to cry because they haven't come. Mm-hmm. Some have made promises that never materialized. Life goes on. Yeah, true. Yeah. And those people come and go as well. So I'll try again with a new one, with the next one. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. So you kind of, but you still have to do get up and and make this thing happen. Mm. Uh, David, as we are about to wrap up, it's very much of a huge coincidence for me that in all your narratives, one thing you're communicating is being intentional. And that is exactly what we are starting today. Today is the birthing of a person being intentional about minding their psychological health. Okay. You speak of work, you speak of the co- you know the contact that you had. Yeah. Ultimately though what you're saying is you were intentional about what was happening, you were present. And that is what we are saying out there that regardless of whether of where you are, whether you're in the farm there or you are in the street corner or whether you're in corporate school wherever you are as a starting point, as we were introducing this topic, this discussion, yeah. this narrative, all what we're saying is be intentional, be deliberate in your efforts to understand where you are, to understand what are your needs, to check yourself. How am I responding to what is happening? As you did in the different stories that you've shared with me today. Ultimately, be present, be emotionally present. Yeah. So that when you respond, when you choose to adjust, when you choose to adapt to the situation, as you've said, you are doing it with insight. You are doing it because you understand what your needs are. Yes, I know someone out there is listening and saying, hey, Lusanda, you have no idea. The resources are limited. Believe you me, I know. No, but ultimately, the, yes. Ultimately, there will always be something. So yeah. use what you have to be intentional for the betterment of your own emotional health. So, In other words, let's get intentional about getting psyched on life. David, join me next time in our next segment. Sure? I, <laughs> <laughs> I trust you to be intentional about taking it out there. So thank you so much, David, for joining okay. me for today's episode. Let's get psyched on life. Please subscribe and share with your contacts so we can help more people facing mental health challenges. You can find us at www.psyched.co.za. This was the Get Psyched on Life podcast, brought to you by Psyched.